Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. I am Zach Van Norman with Once Upon a Fan, bringing you our seventh podcast. I'm very excited to be with everyone today. And I am, of course, joined tonight by my uh, regular co-host, Amy. Amy, are you there with us, darling? Yes, I am, darling. How are you? I'm doing excellent. You know, I was thinking about... um, you know, the fact that we've all been calling each other sweetie darling since we were in Florida, and I get a very Cruella de Vil vibe every time we do it. Like, I feel like I'm missing the cigarette thing <laughs> like every time. I know. It's a I glass of uh, liquor. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a nice, a nice coat, perhaps. Yes, I think so. So, yeah, welcome, everybody, to our podcast. Uh, we're happy to be with you here again. Um with Once Upon a Fan, it's our it's already our seventh podcast, and I can't actually, it feels so weird that that's what it's like, but yeah, we're already here. So, uh, we're going to kick things off with our normal, uh, excuse me, news roundup, so I'm going to let Amy uh, start us off with that. Amy, go ahead. This was a big week for news and for once both, and I'm sure everybody that listens regularly or follows us on Twitter and Facebook knows that I was beyond excited over the moon for this week's episode because it was very Regina-centric, and I'm a huge, huge evil regal. Love Regina-centric. This was such a good week for her, so I can't wait until we get into discussing the episode. But before we do, I want to touch on a few news points. There's only two days left, unless, of course, you're listening to this podcast after the fact, but right now it's December 3rd, and there's only two days left to vote for the People's Choice Awards. So... I know all of our Oncers and our Wonderers have been voting on Twitter and on the website, peopleschoice.com, but those four categories, again, just to recap, are the sci-fi actress for Jenny, sci-fi fantasy show for Once, best new drama for Once Wonderland, and best chemistry for Emma and Hook, which I've actually been voting for all four, even though I... I'm more a Swanfire girl than a a Hook and Emma girl, but still, we want to support our show. So, have you been voting on Twitter and on the website, Zach? Yeah, I have been voting, and I am I'm also a Swanfire girl, so uh, I can't say <laughs> that I'm happy <laughs> about shipping the Emma and Hook situation. But of course, I support the show, and I want to I want to see the lovely Jennifer Morrison and the dashing Colin O'Donohue up on the stage collecting their prize. So, I am of course very, very supportive of that. And I also love Ginny Goodwin, and she's, you know, Snow White is my favorite princess, so I'm, I always want her to win. And I'm, yeah, very ex- I would love to see her live and in person, considering, uh, you know, the other news going on in her life right now. Yes, yes, I know that it's, we've seen a lot of speculation beforehand, and you and I kind of make it a point not to bring up just rumors on the podcast, because, you know, we're here to talk about the show and our love of the show and not dig into anybody's private life. But Jenny did announce herself and Josh that they are expecting. So they're going to have a little little baby charming in real life. And I've seen this week actually one of the first pics I've seen of her looking, you know, like she might be wearing a little maternity outfit and so, so cute. Oh, my God. This is going to be the most adorable baby ever. <laughs> yeah. I am very excited for them. I'm very happy for them. I think that it's just so darn adorable 
really. I mean, it's what did Emma say in that episode? Nauseatingly optimistic or whatever. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> like that. I mean, it's it's. I mean, Snow White and Prince Charming, the actors who play them, getting together in real life was already you know too much. It was just adorbs, and now you know there is potentially a little Emma or a little Henry, so to speak, on the way, and it's just. I'm just, I'm over the moon for them. I'm thrilled for them. They're really nice people. They're really nice at Comic-Con. Um, I think they're going to be, I mean, I don't know them from anybody else, really, but I I think they're going to be really sweet parents. I just get that feeling. They just seem like to be those kind of people. So I'm really happy for them. Josh and Jenny, congratulations to you from all of us who want to find a fan because we're very excited for you. Yes, and you know that's going to be a Disney baby for sure. <laughs> As much as Jenny oh, loves totally, Disney. Uh, totally. I'm waiting to see pictures of, you know, like the baby and a little like Tigger onesie, you know, maybe some Winnie oh, yeah. the Pooh acting on, like when, you know, when the child is old enough, dress them up like either Woody from Toy Story or Snow White because they have to. So, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited. As big of a fan of Disney as Jenny Goodwin is, I I'm so excited to see what kind of stuff this little kid's gonna. Can you imagine the little like? Oh, you know what we could do? Laura could totally knit a little like baby beanie for the baby that we could send it to the studio yeah, and see if it would be there. fantastic. Like, that would be so cute. Yeah. Anyway, on to the next. I suppose I don't want to blather on too much about the baby because it's not mine or nothing. I'm just happy for him. It's true. Oh, before I forget too, I had several people this week and part of last week after Enchantacon and our Walt Disney week who asked me about the two Regina shirts that I wore when I was at Disney. Um, They were not from the ABC shop and I think you'll agree and a lot of people agree that the fan art that gets sent in and done is just over the top amazing and it really, the fan made things kind of trump everything else, you know, all the official things that I've seen. And I, I love to see all that fan art. But there's a oneer named Ashley, and she paints all kinds of things. And the two Regina shirts that I wore, people were asking where I got them. She has, um, she's just, you know, stay at home, or I'm not sure if she's stay at home, but she's a mom like a lot of us, and she paints. And I'm actually going to have her do like an Alice and maybe one of my kids because she can paint anything. And she hand-painted both of those Regina shirts that I wore at Disney and she can paint pretty much anything. All you have to do is email her. It's paintmylife at yahoo.com. But that's, I had so many questions on Twitter and Facebook in the past week about where I got those Regina shirts. So I wanted to make sure that I mentioned that for everybody that asked me about it because I don't think I got a chance yeah, to respond to everybody really, that asked. Yeah, those shirts really are cool. And, you know, I, I totally agree with you that the stuff that the fans are making is way – I mean, so far, it's been far more impressive than anything that we've got from the official, you know, merchandise. Because, I mean, I will just say, I love Once Upon a Time. I'm a huge supporter of the show. I love ABC. I love everything. You know, I support everything. But the merchandise is lacking for Once Upon a Time. It just is. Um, there, There's just not enough. And the stuff that they are putting out there is, I just, I think that it could be a little flashier, a little more um, character-centric. So, I don't know. That's just my personal taste. I'm really digging those shirts. I love them. Of course, I love the woman who was wearing them, too. So, that was nice to see you. So, yeah. Um, I love but, you, yeah. too. But, so, um, yeah. I'm sorry. Make sure that you put her email address out there again for anybody who wants to get in touch with her. 
Oh, I will. It's paintmylife at yahoo.com, and her name is Ashley, and she's really a sweetheart. So she can, she'll even paint up a mock-up and show it to you first because all I asked her for, we were talking about, um, you know, that I really wanted something fan-made that was Regina to wear on our Magic Kingdom Day, and she actually painted both those shirts because, and she showed them to me first, and she had painted them out, and she's like, I don't know which one, they're both, and I was, I was just in love with both of them. I told her, send them both, I love them both. You can even tell what color shirt you wanted, so I'm super excited. I'm going to definitely get like an Alice or a Hatter or something next, because her work is phenomenal. Yeah, that yeah, I would uh, be very interested to see um, what she could do with like some kind of Emma shirt, perhaps. I may have to ah, I have to contact with her myself. Yeah, definitely. All right, so let me see. I think. Was, did you want to say anything else about that before we go on to the next point? No, just I just wanted to mention that because I had so many people that asked me. Now, I know, um, getting back to Once Upon a Time, with Storybrooke, we know that those everybody that saw the episode last week were getting back to Storybrooke out of Neverland this coming week, which means that we are going to see Beverly Elliott, who plays Granny again. So we're super excited about that. Really, really excited for seeing Team 7 again, who I'm huge, huge Team 7 fan. I love the Seven Dwarfs, and I love when there was Snow White. I know I've mentioned it before. We're going to see them. We know that Eric and Ariel are coming back this weekend, so this is going to be a really big weekend for that. But we've actually got some casting call news also for a future episode, so it looks like they're really starting to dig in and get ready for, you know, the build-up for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there has been some casting news in the world. Yes, there is a new part that has been... Uh, that they're looking for. Um, let me see. I think I've got my notes here. They are looking for a young African-American girl who is timid, can be strong when pushed. And that's uh, kind of interesting. I'm, I don't really know who that could be. So I'm, I'm kind of... I don't know either. I, because... I wanna, because here's the thing. I don't want to automatically assume that it's like Tiana or something just because right. it's an African-American. But like there's... It's, because remember, everybody was thinking that that's who Tamara was going to be, that they automatically said that, oh, she has to be Tiana because it's the black girl. So, I mean, I don't want to, like, it's just, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know who that, who that could be. I'd have no idea. So I'm, yeah, I'm stoked. I, I felt the same way when I saw that. My first thought was that as much as they've changed up the characters and the show, that honestly it probably isn't Tiana. And, you know, that's, I, I love the way they twist up the characters, so I'm excited about that. And I, yeah. I also don't have any idea who it's going to be. I mean, the character description was really vague, so I just know that casting call was put out, and that's either episode 13 or 14. I want to say it's 13, but that's after we come back from the winter hiatus. So that'll be kind of on that the other end of that. But in other not casting news, but it was kind of a big deal, and I totally didn't even think about it until just now when we were talking about this, but the writers announced this week, actually right after our podcast last week, that Barbara Hershey is coming to Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and she's going to be reprising, I know, 
she's going to reprise her role as Cora, who is, obviously, you know, those of you obviously watch the episodes, that she's the queen of hearts. So she is coming back to Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. I'm not sure how that's going to play out timeline-wise, but I know a lot of people can't wait to see Cora again. So, yeah, that's definitely the other big uh, casting news for the week. Yeah, I um it's it's funny that they announced that after we talked about it last week. I mean, we actually we said the two of us talked about specifically <laughs> how we want Barbara Hershey to be <laughs> on Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Right. So, you know, I'm I'm really excited about that. I'm really stoked that that she's coming because even though Cora is an absolutely horrible person, um I love Barbara Hershey. I love her performance of Cora and I'm excited to see um, I mean, I'm excited. I'm really, I'm since obviously she's dead at the right. She's dead in the current, like current part of the storyline that we're tapping presently. So it's obviously you know going to be a flashback. And since we know that Alice got the knave, you know, got its heart back and all that other stuff, I really can't wait for a flashback. I really want to see Barbara Hershey say off with his head, like I or off with her head. Um, even though she already kind of whispered it once in, you know, the in the first season in Hat Trick, and we didn't know yeah. that it was her yet, I I still I want to see her just own it. I do. I just want her to own ever, whoever. Oh my God, I love Barbara Hershey so much. So I'm really <laughs> excited to see to see her coming. I mean, I hate Cora, but I love Barbara Hershey. So it's kind of a it's kind of a mixed bag. I'm and and and. She's the queen of freaking hearts, and finally she's finding her place. Like, oh, my God, I'm so excited, because I love Alice in Wonderland. It's one of my favorite Disney movies, so I can't wait to see it. And, yeah, she's great, so I'm very excited, if you can't tell. Yeah, I hope she goes absolutely nuts, just like the queen of the Disney movie. I mean, I hope that she really yeah. just eats it up and tears into the part. And with Wonderland, that timeline is running concurrent with what season two of Once Upon a Time was, so... I mean, maybe they will find some way to twist it where it isn't a flashback. But oh, even if it is, like, I don't I, care. I, I want to see it. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, awesome. Hey, I just want to mention really quick to everybody who's listening, at the beginning of the podcast, we were having a little bit of trouble getting the chat room launched. But I'm glad to say that it is up and running. It's been in there for a minute. So, um, you know, please, if you want to join in on the chat room, uh, join us because we know that a couple of you normally like to chime in and, when you were trying earlier, you may not have been able to get in the chat room. So if you are listening, please go on into the chat room. We're there. We're all chatting stuff up. Maury, our uh, movie trivia maven, is in there. And she is saying she wants to see scenes between the Queen of Hearts, the Red Queen, and Alice. And I would love to see those, all, those three all getting together. Oh, my gosh. That would just be yeah, to see the Red Queen and the Queen of Hearts going toe-to-toe, oh, yes, please, table for two. Yes, that's going to be awesome. I'm hoping that somehow she has something to do with how the Red Queen Anastasia got her her magic or something. I, I would love to see interaction between Emma Rigby, who plays the Red Queen, because I think she's awesome, and Barbara Hershey. That, I think, would be fantastic. Yep. I I want I want to see the queens duke it out. Um, I really do. Kind of like I would, and I don't know if there's any way for this to happen, but I would love to see the Red Queen and Regina go head to head at each other. To be honest, but yes. you know, yes. 
But but having said that, a uh, a blonde queen who wears red all the time may be in the future of Once Upon a Time. You never know. So because you know, yeah. they're kind of there kind of is this blonde running around the town. She's kind of a princess, like she's kind of the daughter of a prince and princess. So you know, you I mean, you never know. Emma can end up queen. I mean, hashtag just saying. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, the last bit of news before we start getting into the episode, too, is just a little bit of um, something I want to mention about next week's Wonderland. Uh, Jane Espenson, who is one of the most popular writers, a lot of us know her from Buffy and other projects before we ever even got into Once Upon a Time and Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, but Jane Espenson wrote this week's Wonderland episode that airs Thursday and it's going to be titled Bad Blood, and it goes back to Jafar's story when he was a child and what happened between him and his father and what made him you know, evil and this, this villain. So I, I love Jane. Jane wrote Skin Deep, which is one of our favorites, of course. But, yeah, she wrote this coming week's episode, so I know a lot of people are excited to see it. Yeah, definitely. I'm... Uh... I am very excited to see it, too, because, um, I mean, Jane is fabulous. She's written so many great episodes of so many different TV shows that I'm, a, like, a fan of that I'm, I mean, I'll watch anything that woman writes. So I'm I'm just excited. I'm, yeah, there's lots of good stuff coming for both shows, and I'm, and I'm you know, very excited about it. Um, you know what? Actually, there is another, there is one more small piece of news that I do want to get into, Um before we get into the show, which is um, for anybody who has been paying attention to, you know, television and, you know, news of that sort, as far as scheduling goes, um, you may have seen a report recently that says that, you know, uh, Wonderland will be going on to hiatus um, after the end of this month, and it will be returning in the spring sometime, and there is not a definite date on that yet, but just want to make sure everybody knows if you're watching Wonderland, that there will be a brief hiatus before it returns in the spring during the winter, so... Just keep that in mind, because um, yeah, that is something new. So, yeah, um, yeah, I did. See. Yeah, Amy, what are your thoughts on that, love? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think we already know how I feel about the Wonderland scheduling. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, Zach's laughing because I have been griping about this since since Wonderland started because. Obviously, I well, love you, it. I'm well, kidding. I don't know. Anything. You are totally justified in what you're saying. So I don't know if it's, I mean, you're totally correct. Right. Anyways, go on. I just, I feel like we've already mentioned before that the ratings haven't been as high as with Once Upon a Time and that, you know, we really are supporting the show and we're hoping our Oncers will get behind it. But the, I don't know what ABC would feel like. It would have been such a great thing because it is just pretty much a miniseries. It's not meant to go on for seasons, it would have been awesome to put it in in during the winter hiatus of Once Upon a Time. So then we wouldn't have this big, long break where we have no show, you know, nothing at all from them. And aside from that, it's, they put it up against the number one show on Thursday nights, which is Big Bang Theory. And then you also have Thursday night football because we're kind of in, you know, peak football season too. So... It's going up about around all these things, and I'm just just thinking, uh, come on, ABC, don't don't make me come out there. <laughs> yeah, so there is so there is some of that news. Yeah, um, 
I I don't want to beat on it too much because we do want I do want to get to the uh, the episode news, but it's something that I do want to to just address really quick and say that yeah they should have stuck to the original plan and Wonderland should have been the buffer in between the two halves of once and that's really all that need to be said on that I think because <laughs> yeah I don't want to blather on about it really I don't so. Um, Yep, and there are people who in the uh, chat room who are agreeing, of course. Um, oh, yeah, okay, that's a good point, too. All right, I'll bring that up in just a second or something I just thought because it's Once Upon a Time related to the episode. Okay, so this week's episode of Once Upon a Time was uh, episode 309, uh, season 3, episode 9, called Save Henry. Of course, it's been the theme of the entire season, and... You know, we finally got to, you know, a lot of things actually happened. There was some resolution to Henry's current predicament in Neverland. There was also finally the flashback of how Henry got to Storybrooke in the first place. So let's just delve on into this, I suppose. Um, So, yeah, the flashback of, you know, in the beginning of the episode, they're trying to save Henry after Pan has his heart and, you know, Regina is freaking out. I mean, they're all freaking out, really. They should be, but... Um, so, I mean, that part was, yeah, it was, mm, I, I, what, here's what I love the most about that scene, okay? I love that, and even, and everyone knows what a huge ugly ducking I am, how much I love Emma, she's my favorite character, Swampfire, all that stuff. Okay, having said that, I love <laughs> the fact they let Regina have the moment with Henry, and she did not, like, because normally in that situation, I would feel like Emma would be the one to stay by Henry's side, and Regina would get up and be like, I'm going to kick your ass, kid. Like, seriously. But the <laughs> right? fact that they went reverse on this and that Emma was like, oh, I'm going to cut you, kid, and then Regina was the one who was, like, freaking out at Henry's side, I love that juxtaposition of their, of their mothering roles in his life. Like, I love how they switched on that and how it was so, to- like, I really felt, and it's, and I'm sure that you know, if there are any Swan Queen fans who are listening, they probably saw whatever they wanted to see. But I felt like they were actually really co-parenting him for the first time ever. I actually felt like the natural switch back and forth between the two of them was, I mean, was actually understandable and, like I said, natural. It just felt like such a natural thing for them to be doing, and I really. I'm so impressed by the arcs that their characters have gone through that we've gone from seeing them facing off at Regina's house in season one, punching each other out in the graveyard, you know, uh, helping to, you know, get that, you know, trying to save Henry from the turnover and everything. And now this, like this, the way that Emma and Regina's characters, their relationship is progressing. I am loving it. I loved, loved, loved that moment. I did too. I thought that, that was one of my two favorite moments in the whole entire episode. And I thought it was interesting how up until this point, you know, it had been Regina was being the one who was on the attack and Emma was hanging back. But in this moment, Regina was the one who was sort of, you know, she was hanging back because she was with Henry and Emma was you know, the one that ended up slicing a pan and cutting him. And that moment when Regina is and and I think that's the whole reason why it played out that way, why she didn't get up and immediately go after Pan, because she even said it to Emma in that moment where she was talking about Henry being all she had and Henry was everything. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. That was 
so good. And she and I felt like Lana played it so well because she wasn't like screaming, freaking out. She was genuinely you know, having like an emotional moment with her son. He mm-hmm. is all that she has and in her, in this moment she doesn't know whether she's going to lose him or not and you could tell that it wasn't about you know, he's my son, he's your son, this is the little boy who's everything to her, and now he's laying here just having had his heart ripped out. So I thought that was really, really nice. And Angela mentioned in the chat room that people have uh, thrown a lot of criticism around about the show and saying that it's anti-adoption, but just that scene right there, I mean, how... Can anybody? I don't. I don't see where that's coming from because Regina was as much of a mom and as anybody has ever been. I thought that scene was amazing. Yeah, it was. And then you mentioned it too. Um, the speech that she was giving later on. Um, it's which first of all started out with her saying, "My son is dying," and then Emma said, "Our son is dying." So I do know how you feel. And then Regina said, no, you don't know how you feel. You have your parents. You have this person talking about Neil. You have a pirate who pines after you. You have everything, and I have nothing. (laughs) And there was so – that scene, oh, my God, let's get into that scene. Because it was so layered. Because first of all, it was the whole thing of what you said. Like she – Henry is her the only thing that she's got. And in a way, I mean, as funny as this is, even though I know that Regina will have an upcoming storyline with Robin Hood at some point, because they've hinted at that, Henry, and, you know, and we know what happened with Emma and Henry in season one when she broke the curse, right? When she kissed him and that broke the curse. Okay. Right. So that, in that moment, finally, and I've always been the person who has said that, you know, Regina shouldn't have a true love, even though I love her character. In the end, she needs to be evil and she needs to go. I mean, that for the longest time, I was pushing that. When I heard that scene and saw how desperate Regina was to save him, it was the very first time in the whole show that I was actually like, okay, Henry is her true love too. Like, she loves him. Like, and I don't know. It was just a weird thing because it's not like we haven't known that before. It's not like mm-hmm. we haven't seen things that have indicated that before. But for whatever reason there was something in that scene that really just made me feel like, okay, okay, yeah, she, I mean, she really, this is this has changed everything completely for me and how I see Regina's character. Because, I mean, I've also really thought it would be really cool if the show ended with Emma getting married in Snow White's wedding dress, you know, marrying Neil, and then, like, Regina shows up late to the wedding, and she's like, sorry, I'm late, just like she did in the pilot, because I just, like, the, the parallel of that is too good. But, um... Yeah. I, I really... And then, so I love that part about that. And then the other thing that I loved about that, too, is, you know, when she was talking about, you know, when Regina was talking about how Emma has her parents and she has Neil and she has Hook pending after her, I got, I mean, she's clear, she was, what I got out of it, at least, is she's jealous of Emma. And in a way, and what was interesting is since Emma is Snow White's kid and the whole thing with the evil queen of Snow White is that the evil queen is jealous of Snow White's beauty and everything else, I couldn't help but be like, oh, like, you were jealous of Snow White because of everything, and now you're jealous of Snow White's kid for all the same, like, oh, like, it was such a 
weird, like mother daughter, step great grand, like step grandmother, like kind of thing. Because kind like that's the weird thing too, and that's something that I never really thought about until this episode. That Regina is Emma's step grandmother. It's mm, kind of yes, she is. You know what I mean? I've like we've always gone on about the relations between all the characters, but I've never really thought about the fact that Regina is basically Emma's grandma. And so it was like, it was just so weird. Like, it was so weird. Like, there were so many parallels, so many layers to that scene. I thought it was just genius. I mean, it was, I mean, there were so many scenes that were like that in this episode, too. So many of them. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I love that, like, that one. And then, um, well, I don't know if I want to jump ahead to that or not. There was, there's another flashback scene that we'll talk about, I'm sure, where we can even do it right now if you want where um, there were so many parallels between the show and the animated Snow White movie when Regina was making the potion. Oh, my God. I love okay. that. So good. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, in order, so for anybody who, you know, for your listening, I'm sure we should do a little bit of a recap for that part of it so everyone knows what we're talking about. So after Regina has adopted Henry and she's decided she wants to keep him, she goes and she takes him into her vault down underneath her father's grave, whatever. And she starts to make a potion to forget all of her troubles. And I never really understood what that did, like if it, if it erased her memory up until the point that Emma showed up. I'm not really sure what, what, like how that worked. But if it just made her forget about her stress and it was like an anxiety pill, then okay, whatever. But the thing about that potion was, the thing about that potion was, as she was making it, and she's telling the fairy tale that almost, like, it was almost the fairy tale to end all fairy tales, because it was the one coming from the villain, and I loved it. And she started Um, it with Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time, yes! Oh, my good gravy. I couldn't, oh, my swan, I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I was seriously, I was bouncing up and down in my chair going, oh, my God, loving this right now freaking loving it i mean there was just no other way because like as she was sitting there and she's telling the fairy tale and it was so it was so good first of all in the way that that lana can read a story i almost want lana to read me a bedtime story just because she's so good at it so as she's sitting there reading the story and everything and she's making the potion which is the exact same color of the potion in the animated snow white movie after she drank it, I was totally expecting her to, like, drop the glass and grab her neck and, like, all of a sudden, like, having a freak out like, like the hag did in the movie. Like, because it was so close. And she's making it in the crypt. Like, the only thing missing was the raven and, like, you know, the, like, and a couple of books. Like, that's all that was missing out of that whole right. scene. I thought it was just fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous. I loved Freaking it. loved it. Loved it. I love that scene, and I think it was more than than just a Xanax in the in the cup, supposedly. And I think that what it did was, and I see people in the chat room too mentioning that that's what they they think the same thing. After Archie told her that if you know she keeps hanging on to her worries, she's never going to enjoy the present and enjoy being a mother and really get to experience this. I think that she made the potion, and it made her forget she said when she was telling the story she said it was going to make her forget her worries and her worry at that moment was specifically about Snow White's child being 
the birth mother of her adopted son and that she was going to come to the town and break the curse. And I think that is the specific memory that she deleted. And I don't know if if uh, you noticed, but after she drank it and set the cup down, she kind of closed her eyes, and the things that were in front of her, the cup and the potion mixing, yeah, vanished. Did you see that? Yeah. So yeah. it was like that way she wouldn't look at it and go, oh, wait, what did I just do? So she, you know, opened her eyes. There was nothing there. There was Henry. And then she could go and try and be happy with him. So that's what I said. But I thought that whole scene was so good. I loved the way it paralleled the the animated movie. And then the whole, her starting the story was Once Upon a Time. I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. It was, I mean, the whole, the whole, I, oh, my God. I loved that scene so hard. Like, I couldn't, I mean, I was, I was seriously, like, I couldn't tweet fast enough is what was happening. Like, because for anybody who's listening, if you know, I do live tweeting on every episode. And as that was happening, like, I was actually rendered, like, like Twitter speechless because I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything to say because it was just so well done. I mean, the, I think the only thing that I might have said was Regina's fairytale OMG, and that was it. Like, I'm... That that's all that I had because the, the like I said there were so many layers to this there were so many you know parallels to the animated movie so much going on with Regina's character um, just the whole thing it was so layered and so awesome I just I thought the whole thing was so so well done I just I couldn't I couldn't say anything more better about that scene I just I freaking loved it I thought it was fantastic and of course you know. She's taking that potion and everything, right, after she had, you know, first of all, first, okay, and then, and then. So (laughs) Regina left left Storybrooke to go get Henry, which, I mean, I was not expecting that at all. I think that there were so many of us who were expecting to see something like August bringing him in or, you know, something else. that I mean, seeing Regina leave, and of course it makes perfect sense because she isn't cursed. So she can leave and not lose her memory. So it just never occurred to me that she would actually just go and get him. But yeah, right. he so ended she up. She wasn't in... affected by her own curse, so she could leave. I think I tweeted something about it. I was like, "Oh, Regina has a mad craving for baked beans. She's heading to Boston." So I was watching. I was like, "What?" And then my husband was sitting there. And he's like, "Oh yeah, that's right. She's not affected by her own." Oh, Lori mentioned in the chat room that it's so much easier than she imagined. I agree, but I did notice that the agency worker at the, I kept calling it the McDonald's adoption agency because it seemed like you you just walk in, place an order, and there you go. But the agency worker mentioned that, or no, maybe it was Gold that said it to her, that there was a baby who had come from Phoenix and his adoption had fallen through and they never said anything else about that. So I wonder if there's something else in the story. Like I wonder who that first adoptive family was and what, what happened, if that had something to do with August and getting him to Boston so that then Regina could get him. Because <laughs> Yeah, I just oh, don't think, I mean, because how else oh would they God. get him? Wouldn't that be something? Oh, my good gravy. Oh, my swan. Maybe you just hit on it. Wouldn't that be something if the first person who was trying to adopt Henry was August and for some mm-hmm. reason it fell through? 
Oh. Right. My he, God. I, that I think so he would have had it fall through on purpose, you know, because yeah, he had to, because there's no way she would have got him from Phoenix. But Boston, yes, she could get him from Boston. Definitely, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm loving that. I just want August back on the show. And or let me let me excuse me. Let me clarify. I want grown up August back on the show. I like Pinocchio. He's a good kid. He's done a lot of good things. He's got a big <laughs> career in front of him. Oh, just, but I want to see more Pinocchio, grown up August on the show. And I, you know, that may or may not be possible depending on several factors, scheduling and so forth. But it's what I want to see, just because I want to. I don't really have any real reason for it. I just want that. I want that to be the dot that connects everything. Or if we could get like some other Disney character in there to have done it. I think that would be great. I just want to, I guess what I really want out of this is a Disney Easter egg character. That's what I want. <laughs> so that <laughs> that's the best yeah. I can do. Maybe, hey, we were talking about Corella earlier. Maybe Jasper and Horace can deliver it. Like, you know, something like that. Who knows? Like, just something <laughs> simple. You know, small request, no big deal. All right, so, yeah, but, of course, so, yeah, Regina left Strobrick, and she did go to the McDonald's adoption place because it, it did really seem like, Hello, I would like one baby and two apple pies, please, to go. Like, so I yeah. can totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I mean? But what I, what I loved about that whole thing is after she got him, she got Henry, she brought him home, she got, you know, talks to Gold, she finds out who his mother is. I mean, so she kind of knew who Emma was, even though she didn't know. She still knew. And which totally answers the thing in the big question in, either the pilot or the thing you love most where Regina and gold are talking under the apple tree. And he said, and she's like, who is this woman? Henry's mother, this Emma Swan. And he's like, I think, you know, exactly who she is. Like it goes right back to that full circle. Loved it. But the thing that I thought was so, so interesting about this whole thing is this entire time since the very beginning, since the pilot, Regina has been giving Emma so much grief and so many zingers about how, oh, you gave Henry up and, you know, I adopted him and I've been with him. But then we learn in this episode that Regina almost gave him up too. After she had it. But she didn't. (laughs) She didn't. But that she almost did. I thought that was such a, like, again, another great parallel between Regina and Emma, like the mirrors between those two characters, between those two women, they just keep getting bigger because that wasn't, I mean, I honestly kind of, I wasn't expecting that really at all. I wasn't expecting Regina to maybe change her mind and take Henry back and say, no, I'm going to give him up. And again, the parallel between her and Emma, both basically almost giving up, you know, I mean, oh my God, it was just so good. I mean, it was, it was, Again, so layered, so many parallels between those two characters, so well done. And Lana's performance, which I, I mean, could rave all day about it, but oh my God, Lana Priya, if you ever hear this podcast, freaking kudos you. on your episode. <laughs> oh my God, like you're fabulous in all of them, but you have seriously done yourself I, you, oh my God! You have upped your own answer. I know, my dear. And we haven't even oh gotten God. to my favorite Lana scene yet in this episode. Ah, this was such a good episode for Evil Eagles. I love Lana, but yeah, well, my, well, one of my favorite Lana scene. Favorite Lana scene. My favorite scene of this entire episode was at that regret tree 
That oh, was yes. so Let's get into <laughs> When they go, the, it's Snow White, Emma, and Regina, and they go to find Pan. Emma has talked to the Lost Boys, and they find out where he is, and they go and they see Pandora's box, and it's just sort of sitting out there. So you kind of know it's going to be a trap. But then this tree that Pan eventually tells them feeds off of their regret. It grabs them with the vines, and they're all bound there. And he's talking about how they'll never be able to escape this tree because Emma, she has so much to regret about giving up Henry and abandoning him and Snow and that she has, she feels all this regret for giving up Emma and for not having her childhood with her. And then Regina pipes up and Pan's like, oh, yeah, what do you have to say, evil queen? And then she does this little speech about how she's murdered and tortured and cast this curse that has ruined ruined. life. Yes, she said that she has ruined people's lives, taken everything they love from them, and she should be overcome with regret. And then she pauses and she looks at him and says, but I'm not. And then she steps through the vines, rips that little bastard heart out. I was like, yes, Lana, That was my favorite moment in that whole episode. Did you see Emma's face when she was talking about all of that? Oh, yes. my God. Oh, my God. Jennifer Morrison. Okay. you. Okay. Mama Duck, I got to tell you, you that look that, I mean, it was like the same look that she was giving Regina in the, in the, like the closet or whatever in the land without magic after she throws Regina into that room and she's like, you did this. Like it was that yes. same kind of rage. Like there's only been a couple of times on this show where I've genuinely been afraid of Emma, like had genuine fear of, oh, I don't think you want to mess with that. And this was one of them. <laughs> like, I mean, that was, I mean, the other one was probably, you know, the other scene that I just mentioned in The Lion Without Magic. But the look that she gave Regina, it was like, I mean, it was just the look of death. And I was like, wow, like you, you done pissed off the swan princess. Look what you did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that so good. It got back to was, Regina being so e- uh, not even evil, but she was just, I mean, she was being truthful because obviously she doesn't regret it or she wouldn't have been able to get away from the tree. And I was like, oh, yes. But she was so badass and tough and uh, the way she just stepped right out and that look on Pan's face. Oh, my God. Robbie Kay. It was the first time we've seen him look, like, terrified for a brief second. She didn't even hesitate. Just Regina snatches his heart right out. She's like, let's go save Henry. I was like, yes. You know what the best part is? Remember, I think it was even last week on our very podcast, I even said I wanted there to be a, G- a scene where Regina and Van finally meet. And the one that I got, like, topped anything that I could have imagined. Because yes, she did. So she ripped the bastard's heart right out of his chest. Well, excuse me, she ripped <laughs> Henry's heart out of that little bastard's chest and then put it right the heck back where it belongs. And it was just like, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, this this is good. This is so good. Like, yay, Regina, for, I mean, normally I do not have so Normally, I don't advocate the heart ripping out thing. You know, I mean, you know, try to talk it out first. Diplomacy, folks. 
But in that one instant, I was like, yeah, get them. Like, it was like watching the Seahawks game, seriously. Like, tell them. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was like I was out for Pam's blood, and I feel really weird about that because it's only a TV show. But it was how I felt. <laughs> I was so excited by that scene. And the other thing that I thought of, too, when she ripped his heart out, when he got Henry's heart, where where was Pam's heart all this time? Or did he have yeah. like a time lord with two hearts in his chest now? Like where where what happened to his heart? Once upon a time lord. Okay, your assignment yes. podcast was to create a new meme of once upon a time lord. And go. <laughs> go. Yeah. I know they already exist out there, but we need one specifically for this situation. So if you're listening and you're an artist, hey Dees, are you listening? We need we need a new meme. <laughs> we need a pan. <laughs> yes. We do. We need uh, that. Oh, my God. Yeah, like Sarah is saying in the chat room, Pan was the new doctor. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's awesome. I know. I can't. Okay. Oh. Yeah, so uh, speaking of Pan and, you know, Regina ripping his heart out, obviously, you know, they put Henry's heart back in him, but then at the end of the episode, Pan showed up, tried to rip off Henry's shadow, and in the process, they managed to switch places. And now Henry is inside the box, and and Pan it's a Henry is, in the box. It's a Henry in the box, and Pan is running around in Henry's body, like doing whatever they're gonna do. So, it's um, I was actually kind of surprised. I mean, I mean, well, I wasn't surprised at the reveal at the end because I kind of figured when their eyes flashed that something had happened. But right. I was I was surprised in the moment as it was happening for sure. I was I was like. Because I really thought that was kind of going to be it. I thought that was going to be it for Pan. That he that he was. I mean that that was how he was going to be done, and that you know maybe they'll open the box again, and then you know somebody will kick his ass, and then that's just going to be it. And 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 now also podcast listeners, you guys know that we try to keep it PG, but when it comes to Pan, there's going to be a little bit of screaming going on because he's just such a little rat bastard. Okay, so <laughs> that's just what I want to say about that. So um, yeah, I was really surprised in the moment when you know, when they switched and then afterwards he, when, you know, Henry Pan walks up to Fe- to uh, Felix and is like, you know, has a little speech and then he ends the episode with let's play. Oh, it was so creepy. So creepy. Yes. Cause it goes back to when we saw Pan, he said that at the end of an episode too. That was the last line of, of one of the episodes that we saw earlier where it was Pan and he says, Let, and now the new hashtag is Pan never fails because that's what he said to Felix. To Robbie Kay and his name's Parker, I believe his last name's Cross, but they are so good together. It's really, it was so strange to see Jared Gilmore playing Panry, you know, Henry Pan or whatever we're going to call him. But I think that's going to be, really weird i just oh i mean i can't wait to see it play out but felix and pan together they're both so i would be afraid of them if i saw them in an alley i'll just tell you that because they are some creepy kids so yeah i can't wait to see how that plays out with them yeah i uh i was loving it and you know too what what makes me think of is um and wow actually okay that's that's a new thought that just occurred to me so in the very first episode of this season, in um, oh my god, I can't believe I don't remember what it's called. What was the first episode of the season called? The Heart of the Truest Believer. Okay, so mm-hmm. in that episode, 
Henry and Pan go flying around Neverland together with pixie dust. And, you know, looking like looking to, you know, now that we're further into the season and knowing where these characters are, you know, in the story and physically now where they are in each other. Um, and the fact that they're also related. Um, I look at that scene now from the heart of the truth believer in a totally, totally different light. It make it is so much more creepy and dark and um, twisted than it was originally. I mean, at first I was like, sweet, Henry's flying over Neverland. And now I look at it and I'm just like, oh, oh. Like, it's, yeah. it's, totally, it's totally changed my perspective of that, of that part of that episode. I mean, not that it, because I haven't really, you know, that's the, the thing that I keep forgetting about too is that as each, you know, each episode comes out and something new occurs or a new piece of information is revealed, I'm only just now starting to kind of connect it back to the rest of the season and looking at it as a whole and seeing what, like, what the effect of Pan being Rumpel's father has on the rest of the season. Like, oh, my God. It's so... And Henry's because, great-grandfather. Like, because, like, and the other thing, too, like, Peter Pan is, is Neil's grandfather. Like, oh, my God. Like, there are so many, like, weird parallels when you start drawing the lines of who's related to who now. I haven't everybody even thought... Everybody's related to everybody. It's like Regina being Emma's step-grandma. It's the same thing. Like, Peter Pan is Neil's, like, grandpa. And when Bay was, oh, oh, and then, when Bay was there in Neverland as a kid, he was hanging out with his grandpa the whole time. Like, oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I really it's want just, to go back ooh. and rewatch some of the episodes now. Now that we know the big reveal about who Pan really is, and I've, I'm going to go back and rewatch a lot of this season. I'd like to watch it from the very beginning and just go through again because I feel like there's so many little things that not knowing you wouldn't catch the first time, but now knowing it just makes it so much more, oh, what the heck? So, yeah, I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to go back and do some rewatching. Yeah, it totally changes every. I mean, it, cha- it has changed so much now when I'm thinking about watching the show. Like, oh, my God, I can't wait for... Um, I mean, that'll actually be pretty interesting. I can't wait for, like, a, a half a season rewatch, like, to go back and rewatch all of these episodes from season three so far, just this half. Like, I really can't wait to see the continuous story. And then, yeah, people are mentioning in the chat room, too, that the reveal brought Neil and Rumpel together, finally. I loved that. And it's so crazy that Pan, this whole thing with Pan, which was initially looked like what was going to destroy that relationship and tear it apart ended up being the thing that finally brought them back together, Rumple and Bay. I was like, oh, that was such a good moment. I, I loved that moment, too, where they're talking and Rumple says to him, you know, I, I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want you to know that, I was as bad and as horrible as my father. And Neil's like, no, because, you know, you came back for me. You're not like him. And I was just like, oh, hug it out, boys. Hug it out. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And you know what was so funny about the whole thing, too, is like what you just said, where he said, you know, um, Neil said, you came back for me, like you came back to find me. That's like talking about parallels and mirrors now, right? Okay. So 
that is such an opposite kind of parallel thing to Emma because Emma like went and found her parents out and Neil's parent went and fought him out. So it's like mm-hmm. the reverse and yet the same thing. Like, oh my God, I love it. Oh God, can we just hurry up and get Swampfire together for crying out loud? I am, I mean, I know that Henry <laughs> is the only love that she's got room for in her life right now, but come on, man, give Emma a true love. Give her a break for some, get, I mean, let her kiss somebody else besides that freaking pirate, can we? I just want Emma to have her happy freaking ending. Even, but, but having said that, if her happy ending doesn't happen until the end of the show, then I don't want it to happen yet because the show needs to keep going. But seriously, yeah. can we please get Emma? Oh, my God, can we please get Emma and Neil something? It was just something. Please something, anything. My God, something. Okay. So that's the end rant, I promise, end rant. So a couple of other notes about this episode that I've got in there, and you are welcome, Lori Hancock, in, in the chat room. You're welcome for whatever I've done. Um, so the other thing that I wanted to say, okay, a couple things. So number one, Emma was totally playing the Wendy role to the Lost Boys and giving them a like mom. a mother. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as she said, we need to give them whatever kid wants a mother. And then she went and started talking to them and asking them for their help. It was so funny. Like I, because I've seen the movie enough, the animated version that when she started doing that, I actually heard the song that Wendy sings in the movie, like playing in my head. Like, yeah, because I was like, she's totally playing the Wendy role right now and being the mom. Like the only thing she's not doing right now is darning their socks. And I'm pretty sure that's only because she don't know how. So I was just, I, I loved that because it was such a great parallel to the original Peter Pan story and to the book, or I mean to the, to the movie that it was, I mean, I just, I loved it. I thought that it was so good. And it was also like, and I tweeted this out too. Motherhood suits Emma like a red leather jacket. Okay. It just does. Like I, yes, and I know I that, saw that tweet. Yeah, she doesn't always make some of the best parenting decisions per se, like, you know, lying to him about his father or there's that one episode in season two where they're eating French fries for breakfast at Granny's, you know, because Emma's kind of a kid herself. She doesn't always make necessarily the best parenting decisions because she's still getting experience, but it suits her so well. Like I felt like Emma matured this season into – you know, not the lost girl, not, you know, the smart-ass bail bonds person who's come to town, but I feel like she matured into a real, you know, knows herself, I mean, woman. I mean, not that she wasn't a woman before, because she was, but just a different kind of woman. Like, I mean, she's settling into the mothership, you know. Into the, right. She's settling into the mothership and blasting off. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the no, mothership? <laughs> <laughs> she's settling into motherhood. That's what I mean to say. There like, you go. So, and it, and it seems like such a natural progression for her character. Again, like, I just love that whole scene. I agree. I feel like I've said it before, too. The writing is so good, and I feel like it's a lot of times where you see sometimes in, in some shows and movies and things where everything is played over the top, one of the things that I love about the writing is that it's not, you know, they don't flat out tell you. It's more in the subtleties and the way things play out and the actions that the characters take and just little things. And Emma, I think, you know, in her actions, I agree with you, her character has progressed and she's definitely becoming more of this mom. It's definitely 
you know, a journey for her from where we saw in the pilot where, you know, she's in that pink dress and marches across the street and head on the steering wheel, <laughs> you know, when she's a pale bonds person and blowing out the blue star candle on her birthday. I mean, from that moment to now, it's like she's had this huge journey and she's starting to come to really be, you know, who she was meant to be. Yeah, I agree. And something else I just want to mention real quick, too, because I know I've mentioned it on uh, Barbara Barnett's uh, show before when I've been on there, but I don't think I've actually said it on our podcast yet. And, and it's something that I didn't even really realize until the heart of the truest believer in that episode. When, when they're on the ship, right before Rumpel goes over to Neverland, he tells Emma that she's just a bail bonds person. And that's how he okay. said that he, he separated who works. And what's so funny is I never realized until that moment that she's a bail bond person looking for bail fire and doesn't even know it. Like she's Bay's bond person because they are bonded. Like, Aww. and even though she doesn't know his name, that's what her, that's what her whole thing in life was. Like, She's a bail bond. I, I just, I love, I, as soon as I figured out that that was kind of like, that, that's almost like a play on words, and maybe it's just a coincidence, but somehow I don't think so. Like, it just seems <laughs> like, it seems so perfect, because her whole thing in life is, you know, she's been looking for somebody, and for the longest time, I assumed that she was just looking for her parents, but it was only after, like, Manhattan, or maybe, maybe Selfish, Brave, and True, I don't Selfish, Brave, and True, I don't know. But when she's talking about, or no, 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 it was when, it was in this season when she had to, when they had to tell the secrets to rescue Neil, and she said that she was afraid, you know, or what she was just afraid and all that other stuff. When she was a bail bonds person and she was looking for, like, it's almost like she was looking for Neil, even if she didn't want to find him, it was like she still had hope that if she was a bail bonds person, that he was a criminal, that he would get caught, that she would see him again, and that maybe there would be a chance. And then maybe there would be hope. Oh. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, in her mind, as a bail bonds person, I mean, at that point, she thought he had abandoned her and just left her. She didn't know the story yet, obviously. So in her mind, she's searching for, I mean, that's what she assumes he is at that point because he left her. You know, she's searching for criminals. She's searching for people like him and, you know, people that are are in that situation and it just it seems you know so almost poetic that that's what she turned into as far as her career after she got out of jail that she would seek out you know these criminals or people that she assumed at that point were like this man that she had loved so much and that abandoned her yeah like i because again for the longest time i thought that she was a bail bonds person because she was looking for her parents but uh, now, I don't. I don't think so. Like, I think it was almost. I think it's more about Neil that whole profession. But yeah, I just wanted. I know that's not related to St. Henry and I think, but it is something that I wanted to to talk about because I love Emma's character and I just. I love. Yeah, I love the two of them together. So yeah. Um, the other thing that I want to make sure that we discuss is in the flashback when Regina is like freaking out because Henry is crying and she hands him to Mary Margaret and he automatically settles down, oh, my God. First of all, yeah. because, like, thinking of it in timeline terms, her daughter, 
which she's never held ever, well, except for that once, has just given him up not that long prior, and then she was holding him as a baby, like, so it's like it's the grandmother holding the grandson after the last time, and the only time she held his mother was as a baby, so there's like a parallel between Henry and Emma there with Snow, because she only, you know, she holding them as babies. Plus, it's totally motherhood practice for Jennifer Goodwin since she's pregnant. Like, <laughs> it was just, it was just all of the feels overload. Like, there was just so much. Yes. Oh, my God. I, it was so sweet. It was so cute, but I also thought how heartbreaking for Regina to, you know, see Snow White be able to hold what, you know, this is Henry, her son now, and then she hands him to Snow White, and Snow White's able to quiet him and make him stop crying where she's been struggling with this and I just felt like God that's so heartbreaking because yet again Snow White has something that she doesn't have you know and I was just I, I you could see in the look in Regina's face that it was just like I ugh, of course he stopped crying for her you know yeah well you know what and um Lori Hancock just mentioned this in the chat room too um, Mary Margaret holding Henry and quieting him down, like where he stopped crying. She never got to do that with Emma. Like it's another one right. of those first things that she talked about. Like we missed her first smile, her first word, her first steps. Like they never got to comfort their daughter the first time that she cried like that. Oh my God, that is so tragic. Oh, all of the fields, Lori <laughs> Hancock, you put me into a tailspin of all of the fields. Oh. That is so tragic. Oh my god. Yeah, it was I I was I thought about that too. I actually thought about her, you know, not being able to hold Emma and then I thought, Oh, this will this will be a mirror picture when Jenny actually has her baby and then we start seeing pictures of Jenny and her baby. But I do just want to say too, that baby that was playing baby Henry, I'm sure it was twins, but oh, just the cutest. I wanted to squeeze those little cheekies. He was adorable. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think I'm at that age where baby fever is taking hold of me because now every I'm 28 and <laughs> isn't that funny? I'm 28 and now like every time I see like a baby or baby clothes, I'm like, oh, like, yeah, like, oh, like, and never and I've never felt like that before. They're like, oh, isn't that cute? Like a little suit for a little guy, like that'd be so sweet. But now I see it, and I'm like, oh, like. What, like, can you imagine, like, dressing a little baby boy up like a little Henry, like, with a little scarf and a little jacket and jeans? Oh, my God, it would be so adorable. My uh, husband yeah. keeps telling me that he feels sorry for our grandchildren because I'm constantly – I live in Orlando, so a lot of times we go down, we walk around, like, downtown Disney and things, and I'm always – like wanting all of the little baby things. I want all the little baby <laughs> outfits. He's like, oh my god, our our grandchildren are gonna be doomed. That's gonna be dressed up every day. I'm like, yes, we will live at Disney. We will be there every day. I will squeeze them. They want to wear costumes all the time. He's like just waiting yeah. for the point at like Prince Charming or something because. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I they have so many costumes, and my I have my son and my stepchildren, but they're all you know up in the preteen, tween years, so I really can't dress them up anymore. But I did when we were when they were little. My son 
and I, we used to, back when, you know, it was so cool, we used to dress up for Halloween together, and one year I was Snow White, and he, I, he was Dopey, and it, that's my favorite costumes we ever did. It was so cute. I'd never seen a Dopey costume before, and he had these big ears, so, yeah, I can't wait to dress up all the babies. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, everybody who's listening and not in the chat room, because I just explained it in there. I am cracking up laughing right now <laughs> at the thought of 80s cat being dressed up, because it just makes you think of, like, grumpy cat. <laughs> well, I did, actually, on Halloween, I put him in a Nemo costume, so... He was in a fish costume. Well, it lasted about five minutes, but, yeah, I don't normally dress up my cat, but I thought I saw Nemo, and I was like, oh, my God, it's a cat costume that's a fish, and I put him in it, and my dog <laughs> put her in a Cheshire Cat costume just because it was the Cheshire Cat, and I'm so much into Alice in Wonderland. And I will tell you that while I don't generally dress my animals up, my dog is laying in my bedroom right now in a Wonder Woman costume. No lie. <laughs> I'll post a picture on Twitter in a little bit. But, yeah, I found the costume today when I was cleaning up. I was like, oh, she never wore this. Come here, Belle. And I put the costume on her. So, yeah, she's real happy right now. <laughs> collapsing into the giggles. Oh, God. Okay. I got to get it together. All right. <laughs> because... <laughs> Okay, I'm good. I promise. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, can't you see Grumpy Cat like dressed up like Regina with the crouch and like I will destroy your happiness if it's the last thing oh I do. Oh my god. That would be fantastic. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So okay. Um also I think one of my very favorite lines of the episode was at the very beginning of <laughs> It's the very beginning of the episode when Regina, they're in the flashback, and Regina walks in the gold shop, and she goes, I need a child gold, and I need your help. And he says, well, I'm flattered, but uninterested. And not like that. <laughs> yes, that was so good. I was cracking up at that line. It was so funny. That was just, that was, that was definitely one of the, I mean, they're, they've been giving Regina one-liners like crazy this year. But that exchange between the two of them, like, it made me think of all the times that I see on Twitter or, you know, the fan page or something where people are talking about Regina and Rumpel having a baby or, you know, Rumpel and Cora having a baby or, you know, Regina being their baby. Like, and just, so I just think it's so funny that they finally touched on that in a way it's like, not like that. <laughs> and you know what made it ten times funnier? Because at that point, according to the writers, Rumpel didn't have his memories yet. They have said in the past that he didn't get his memories until Emma introduced herself at Granny's in the pilot episode near the end. So at that moment, all he knows is that the mayor of the town just walked in, and she's like, hey, I need a baby. I need your help. So I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. um, Hmm. That. Yeah. Hmm. My, I don't know if my the writers are being accurate with that, but... I, yeah, I, you know, I know that they said that Rumpel didn't know, like, that he was cursed and didn't remember, and you know, until he heard Emma's name, but they're really calling that into question with, 
this episode. Because, I mean, especially when Rumpel was saying stuff like, you know, you have to put your children first. Right. I don't know if that's the effects of the curse making him say that, but it sure seemed like he yeah. knew something was going on. Like, I mean, it. I mean, it really did seem to me like you know, there, like he knew something was going on. So I'm, I'm not sure what was up with that, but. Um, right. So yeah. yeah, and I, I know that even during the first season, I actually didn't realize until I had read that comment from the writers that Rumpel hadn't had his memories all along. That they were oh, saying, yeah, that, have, "Oh, he got him at that point." Because I was like, "What?" Yeah, I thought that Rumpel had known the entire time and that he was just mm-hmm. waiting for him to show up. Like, that's, I thought that's how it was going to go. So, I don't know. It's a, it's a big, it's, I don't know. I still kind of think that if they wanted to, they could change it and it would still play totally the same. So, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. All right. So, um, we are, we've done our bit of, you know, talk about the episode. So, now we want to make sure that we talk to everyone who's listening. So, if you are interested in talking to us tonight, we are going to be taking some calls for the next 20 minutes. Uh, the number is 347-677-1653. And I'll repeat that for everyone, 347-677-1653. And we've actually got somebody who is on the line with us right now. So if you're listening and you are on a phone that ends in 6804, you are the one we're talking to. You're with the Once Upon a Fan podcast. How are you doing? Hey, Zach. It's Sarah again. <laughs> Thank you for joining us tonight. What? Thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Of course, yeah. So I'm going to maybe do this like kind of radio show style where we kind of, you know, get some comments in and then make sure we get on to the next person. So what would you like to discuss about this week's episode, my dear? Um, This whole episode was so awesome. It, it was just it 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 answered so many things like in in the span of forty three minutes and when we found out that it was Regina who simply drove up to Boston drove down to Boston to get the to go to the agency I'm like I just face palmed I I really did I'm like it was that simple it was I heard. So many different concoctions of theories and like, oh, it was August, it was uh, gold, it was some form of the blue fairy involved in it. I'm like, I was so, I was blank on it. I just wanted to wait to find out. And it was simply Regina driving her car down to Boston to meet with the guy. And it made sense, too, because she wasn't cursed. And we were told that back in season two, in, uh, I think, Manhattan, and when she and Cora and Hook were discussing, we won't lose our memories, we will lose our magic, but she didn't have any magic to work with, so it made perfect sense. Yeah, I was kind of expecting the same. Um, Like you, I heard so many theories. I was actually, I mean, for myself, I kind of thought that somehow like the Blue Fairy may have done something beforehand to make sure that, you know, Emma, you know, would end up back there or what have you. But it really, like, I was expecting, you know, Blue Fairy magic, Rumpel's magic, Pinocchio's <laughs> going to bring it in. And it really was as yeah. simple as, no, we're 
is just going to fill the tank and drive on down. Like, no, that's all. Like, well, okay, like the most obvious answer of all, Regina gets in her car and drives, was the yeah, one that I didn't like, look at. It really is. It was, mine, it was just crazy. I'm like, wait, what? It was that simple? And I also like, uh, well, I sort of came up with, and we discussed a little bit in the chat room, how I think it was either, I originally thought at the moment in the pilot when Regina's like, you're Henry's mother, and she, that's when she remembered, like, it just snapped back to her, like, the potion just immediately wore off, and um, she was, she remembered who Emma was, but then, then others were saying it was from uh, the thing you love most, the next episode, which her talk was Rumpel at the end, I'm like, oh, that, you know what, that actually makes a ton more sense, because he tells her, uh, I really like the either, idea either that way, Regina she remembers. Remember the whole time. I love the idea that Regina didn't remember the whole time because then it's like she put the curse on herself in a way afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like even though she didn't herself originally, if she made herself forget everything, then she she cursed herself. And I I think that that's I like that idea. I don't know why, but it just seems like a good plot device or something. I don't know. Amy, what do you think? I. I don't know. I I think that it could play out. I mean, we could really see things go either way with the story. I thought this whole episode played out really well. I liked it a lot, but I I I don't know. I just uh, I feel like there's something else happening. You know, like like this episode wasn't the end of of the story about what happened to all these little things. Yeah, I'm I'm. God, there's so much, and we have no idea how many seasons the show is going to go for either. So, God, I hope they get everything answered as quickly as we can. Because, yeah, there was that. Let's see, what are people saying in the chat room? Oh, well, yeah, Rumpel wanted to be cursed so he could find Bellfire. Yeah, that's true. I'm just wondering with that if he's, you know, if he wanted. Yeah, because to... my husband, my husband is actually in the chat room right now, and he just asked um, if Rumpel was protected. You know, if he maybe protected himself in that jail cell. Because he told Regina, he told Regina in this episode, I'm exactly where I want to be. So, I mean, it's not like he didn't know exactly what was going to happen and what was coming. So I do kind of, I don't know, I, I, I'm still leaning towards the fact that maybe he really did have his memories all along. Yeah, I I don't know what they're going to do because it, it does seem like they could go either way on that. But I really like... I love what Sarah said, though, that it's, you know, that it was later on when she was talking to Gold in The Thing You Love Most that the potion wore off then. If you think about it, I think you know exactly who she is, and then that's when it was like, ding, like, timer's done, your spell is worn mm-hmm. off, welcome back to reality. Like, you know, <laughs> and she, because the look on her face is very much like, oh, crap, like, Oh. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I like that. I really like that idea a lot, actually, Sarah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could it. credit the person who said it in the chat room. Because, uh, I, like I said, I originally thought it was pilot, but I, I can't remember. Someone said it in, it was uh, the thing you love most. And, I, I like I said, I'm putting credit, like, where the credit is due here, but I just can't remember who said it. I just have to scroll all the way up, but uh, yeah, that 
it, this is a very, very good um, Regina episode. And it, it, to me, I think this is, like, my favorite Regina episode I thought was from We Are Both, but I think this tied that because those two are, these two are now my favorite Regina episode. They were just so well written and exposed so much of her story, and I really liked it. Yeah, Sarah, what did you think about Regina's fairy tale when she was making the potion? That whole, it was so, like, it was just so played. I, I think her performance, Lana's performance was amazing, and she really told it the way I think Regina did tell it and, it, and Regina believed it, and I believed it. I'm like, because it's like, wow, that's Regina's point of view and of the whole, of her whole story, and it made me see her in a, like, already in, like, even more in a new way, and I just really, yeah. really liked it. Yeah, me, yeah, me too. That's why I was saying earlier that it, it makes me... Yeah, I look at Regina a totally different way now. And, and it's not like I don't like her character. I love Regina. I do. Yeah. She's one of my favorite characters on the show. But it's also, I'm also the kind of person that's like, okay, well, let's make sure we all hold her accountable for cursing millions of people to another world and ripping everything away from everyone that they love. Like, I mean, <laughs> so, but at the same time, like, like, and what you said too, which was a really good point, when Regina was telling the story, I started to believe it too. Like, I started mm-hmm. to see things from her point of view and I have never I mean I've kind of been able to see where she was coming from but I was like no no that's just ridiculous but now this yeah, time when I heard her tell the fairy tale I was like oh oh what's happening like what's happening no like yeah. I'm actually feeling <laughs> now <laughs> it, it's like we were able to see her side of things but we we were never told of how she like of we didn't listen to her story. We've seen it, and we've seen it, and so we process her story in one way, but then when she tells us her story and the emotion she brings to it and how it's through that emotion we can tell, wow, it's a complete... Now when you look at... When you look back, it's just a whole different, like, story, basically. But I, I do have to remember that she did do all those things and like all those horrible things to innocent people but still yeah but it, it yeah does, but I love her life. anyway yes <laughs> I was like yes. I'm like yeah do it I don't yeah she cursed all these people what I don't I don't I, I, I know she did that but I I don't know I I've always loved the villains so I've loved Regina from the beginning, and I, I do feel like this episode kind of showed what we knew about her, but more from her perspective. But I still yeah. love my wicked, evil Regina. Oh, so good. So good. You know, what's so funny about that is, like, um, talking about the whole parenting thing real quick, There's there was somebody who once commented on the Once Upon a Fan page um, saying how, you know, even though Emma is Henry's birth mother, Regina is actually his mother because she was there, like she said, for every tantrum, you know, every time he was sick, she was there for him. So they were saying that because of that, Regina was actually his, you know, his, really his mother. 
And even though I didn't say it, I didn't comment on the page because I just didn't want to have an argument with anybody. But what I thought to myself was, need I remind you that she got her motherhood from a curse? Like the, <laughs> like the same thing that she said to Archie. Now, need I remind you you got your PhD from a curse? Like, folks, mm-hmm. need I remind you got her chance at motherhood from a curse that destroyed everyone's lives? Like, can we not forget that fact? Even though I love Regina, and now I want her to have a happy ending at the end, I'm still kind of like, well... She does need to pay for it a little bit. Like, at least can we have Emma yell at her once? Like, give it to her really good, where she just has nothing to say. Like, where Regina has no comeback. Like, if, I mean, I would suffice for that. I mean, Snow White got to punch her in the face. Like, Emma needs to get some out, too. So, <laughs> he did. Emma got it in the first season. And then Snow, yeah. and then... Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yes, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm working on a... I'm working on that meme you meant. Someone mentioned it was either you or Amy about the grumpy cat. <laughs> I can't take this seriously. Well, please make sure you tag me in on Twitter because oh my I, god, I would I love will, it. Let's just yeah. say there's going to be some routine in this into the grumpy cat. <laughs> That's fabulous. The, I love it. If you Sarah, I love them, it. I've got to, Sarah says, somebody else on the line, I want to make sure that we get to them because we've only got 10 minutes left in the show. But thank you very much for joining us. Go ahead. On the phone. Yes, thank you, Sarah. I'll talk to you guys next week. Looking for Bye. that meme, too. Yes. Bye. All right. So let's go. God, that was really fun. Sarah, I always love time chatting with you. Like, we always have such a good time. I really love whenever you call. So, yeah. All right, let's see. So let's get to the next person. And if you are on the phone calling from a number that ends in 4589, you are the next person we're going to be talking to. So as soon as it connects here, hopefully it will connect me to you, you should be on with the Once Upon a Fan podcast. Is anybody on the line between me, besides me and Amy? Well, Amy, I think that's going to be a no. So let's wait for <laughs> the website to keep doing its thing. Hopefully it will. Please connect the caller. Is there somebody who's calling and I would like to talk to them? And if not, my apologies again because I can't control what happens on the website. Sorry, everybody. Um, it doesn't seem to be working. It's cursed. So it's, yeah, it's cursed. It's, it's, yeah, it's, damn it, Regina. Okay, she heard us talking about her and she decided to send some magic our way. All right, so, yeah, it's still, oh, isn't that fun? All right. Oh, here we go. There we go. Maybe. Maybe. No, it's not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> All right. So let me see. What else? Um, there was no new Wonderland this week because of Thanksgiving. So, right. You right? know, speaking about not- curses, too, I did – I just remembered when we were talking about the website being cursed. Um, I We were talking about how the writers had mentioned that now – going into the second half of the season, there's supposed to be some kind of new curse that they have to deal with as far as Storybrooke. And I think, I don't know what you think about it, but I think that's going to have something to do with the fact that Pan has come to Storybrooke now. I think that this, whatever this is, is going to lead to whatever this new thing is that's going to be happening. I... Okay, so wait, what do you think is going to happen again? You, I, sorry, the phone kind of cut out on me. Oh, sorry. I, whatever this new curse is that the writers have mentioned that's going to be affecting the 
the characters or the people in Storybrooke. I think that it's going to have something to do with the with the fact that Pan has come to to Storybrooke. I think that with all this havoc he's going to wreak, that this is going to have something to do with it. Um. Hmm. I'm not. I, hmm. I'm kind of curious because they say that, you know, like you mentioned, there is supposed to be a new curse that's supposed to come into play, which I do find very interesting. But I, here's, here's what I kind of, here's what I kind of think was, was going to happen. I think that there's going to be a curse, like, okay, because, hmm, I don't know how much, hmm. Okay, how how can I talk about this? <laughs> because people have been sending in spoilers, and I and I, you know I don't want to. I mean, hmm. get on the spoilers. Well, no, I, yeah, you know I don't because I did see a picture that I really didn't want to see, so I don't want to assume, you know, I don't want that picture to influence like or to color in my theory on what's going to happen. But at the same time, like here's what I kind of feel like: I feel like that there has to be more to Pandora's box than okay. just it being able to trap somebody. So, so what I what I'm thinking is that screw it. Here's my idea. I so what I think is going to happen is that something something to do with Pandora's box is going to happen, and there's going to be like because the whole thing, right? All magic comes with a price, and saving magic comes with a price, and so saving Henry will also come with a price. Is what I is kind of what I feel because to undo that magic has to be a price, and so I almost feel like the new curse that happens will here's what be I want to see happen. For what happens? Yeah, I want that. I want the new curse to be the price for, like, I want them to get back to Storybrooke because we know from the preview that next week they're going to be there. I want them right. to get back to Storybrooke and then have it turn out to be kind of like at the end of season two, only better, that, you know, the entire town is going to, like, something bad is going to happen unless a decision is made, like a choice has to be made. And the choice that I want to be made is that I want Regina to choose, like, or I want somebody to choose to do something so that, no, you know, I don't know what I'm saying. That, I don't want them to choose. <laughs> Never mind. That's, I what I Here's what I want to have happen. I want there to be a new curse that makes them forget everything that has happened in Storybrooke so far. Like, and then they, so that they only remember their fairy tale selves and that they don't remember Storybrooke. And I know that's not like, what? Why would you want that? But I think it would like, and the other thing is too, I want them, actually no, what I want them to do is I want them to get all their bots home to the Enchanted Forest and get back to their fairy tale clothes so we can see Eduardo Castro's fabulous costumes and Snow White with long yeah. hair and charming wearing leather. Stop calling each other by their Storybrooke name. I don't care if they yes, forget their Storybrook stuff. She is not Mary Margaret. She is Snow White. Like, and I, I understand that they're saying because what I what it's been explained before that well they lived in these lives and yes they are both they've been this person but when it comes down to it that was a made up reality for them for Regina I mean by Regina so just ugh, for the majority of their lives. They were Snow White, and I really want to see somebody call Jeffrey Kaiser, who plays Dopey, 
dopey, and I want to see these seven dwarfs called by their dwarf names, and, you know, I want to see all of that. Stop calling her Mary Margaret. Ah, it's driving me nuts. The whole time I've yeah. been like, please, get back to your fairy tale names. Yeah, like, I want, I want there to be a scene between Emma and Grumpy where she's like, well, thanks, Grumpy, like, where she has to <laughs> actually acknowledge that they are who they are. Because so far, like, with Snow and Charming, right, Emma has only acknowledged their fairy tale identities once, and it was in the heart of the truest believer when they were on the ship. That is the only time that she has actually called them Snow White and Prince Charming. She almost said it in Broken in Season 2, because she said, you know, out of all the scenarios that I concocted, my parents being dot, 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 and then she said nothing. She said, I just need a little bit of time. She could never acknowledge her parents for who they actually are. And now she oh, my. Well, the nice British lady who helps run Bog Talk Radio is letting us know that we've got about a minute and a half left of our podcast. So, <laughs> let's see, we've got 90 seconds. What can we talk about in 90 seconds? Nothing, because you and I can talk for hours about everything. Okay, so, um, oh, well, there is, there is one thing, though, I guess, right? Like, we see Emma next week. She's got her red jacket on, which to me means that she's back to being, like, that she's rediscovered herself, that she's found herself again, that she's back to, back to her position of being powerful and strong and, and you know, the savior person she's supposed to be. Like that's that's what it that's what it seemed like to me, and I'm excited to see it. I'm really excited to see like Pan's out of the box, but it's Henry, and he's calling her mom, and she doesn't believe him, and 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 you know Henry is taken over by Pan. Like oh my God, there's so much, there's so and 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 we still have one episode to go after that. Like it's gonna this Neverland storyline is gonna wrap up so well. I have a feeling it's just gonna be so awesome. I can't wait. It does make me sad yeah. because of the hiatus. So stoked. And in the preview, we saw on the commercial for next week that he does say, you know, Mom, it's me, Henry. So can't wait to see it. Yeah, can't wait. All right, guys, we've only got five seconds left. Thank you all for joining us tonight. Good night. <laughs>